You're listening to the King's Oahu podcast. We hope today you're inspired, your faith is built up, and that you're encouraged by today's word. Hey, will you stand to your feet this morning? Come on, let's get into the word. That was beautiful. I love it. I love what God is doing in this house. You know what I love? I love what God's doing in you. God is so wonderful. God is so wonderful. You know, you know what's so amazing to me? It's that when we begin to look at the grace of God, our imperfections, our issues, our shortcomings, and realize that God's still working despite those things. You know, has anyone ever failed you? And you're like, okay, I cancel. You're totally canceled, right? I cancel you. God doesn't just cancel you. <laughs> How wonderful is his grace and his mercy? And, you know, that's, that's one of the reasons why I, I think um, this series to me is so special. Is because with this series, this Mark series, which we, we begin, we actually started last week, but we're going to continue on. You know, the world wants to mark you. As a matter of fact, did you know the devil wants to mark you? The Bible calls him the accuser of the brethren. But you know, God has a plan for your life. God has a destiny for you. God has a purpose for you. And you know, my, my hope is that by the end of this month, we will be so convinced, so locked in to the calling of God and the promises of God in our life that there's no devil in hell that can convince us otherwise. There's no devil in hell. There's no circumstance, no situation that can derail us because we're convinced that he who began a good work in us is faithful to complete it. Come on, somebody with me this morning. We're going to read, as you remain standing, turn with me in your Bibles to a very unusual passage of Scripture there in 2 Corinthians chapter 1, verse 21. And we're going we're gonna to attempt to take a very profound passage and make it to where we can live it out. How many of you guys know it's not, the Bible says, do not simply be hearers of the word and so deceive yourself, but doers of the word. And this, this morning, I want us to receive a word from the Lord that will transfer into the way we live for Christ and the way we walk with him. And we've got to recognize that one of the greatest gifts, beyond healing, one of the greatest gifts, even even. Beyond salvation is the person of the Holy Spirit. Did you know what? That's one of the reasons. Let me just kind of solidify this. This is one of the reasons why the unforgivable sin that's, that's, that we see in the Bible, the unforgivable sin, is the blasphemy of the Holy Spirit. Do you know why? It's impossible to be saved without the working of the Holy Spirit. See, the Holy Spirit is at work within our life to lead us to that place of salvation, to even give us a measure of faith that we can even receive Christ. The Holy Spirit is working. And we need to, we need to come to a place where the Holy Spirit has a greater work in our life. If there's anything I can accomplish this morning, it's that. So let's look at 2 Corinthians chapter 1, verse 21. Now he who establishes us with you in Christ Jesus and has anointed us is God who also has sealed us and given us the Spirit in our hearts as a guarantee. Let's pray. Father, I pray that you anoint this word, anoint our ears to hear, our hearts to receive, that we may be changed by the power of your word. In the name of Jesus, and everybody said, 
Amen and amen. You may be seated. The title of my message this morning, if you're taking notes, it's, it's, it's a little bit of a different title because I'm, I'm basically using the points as my title this morning. The title of my message is Established, Sealed, and Guaranteed. Established, Sealed, and Guaranteed. That's the title of my message. We can't help but look at this passage and see the apparent emphasizing of the Holy Spirit and the work of the Holy Spirit by the Apostle Paul to the church in Corinth. Paul wants them to understand that the importance of the Holy Spirit in our life, it is imperative that in this relationship with Christ, we have the person of the Holy Spirit helping us walk out every single day our relationship with the Lord, step by step. We need the Holy Spirit. You can't ignore him. You can't reject him. We need him. We need to learn how to embrace the person of the Holy Spirit in our lives and the work of the Holy Spirit. But can I even take it a step further? We need to desire him. Passionately desire. And that's why it's so wonderful where in Scripture it tells us how much more would he give us his spirit if we but ask. Isn't that amazing? Can I I tell you something? Your relationship with the Holy Spirit is not a performance thing. See, a lot of people want the Holy Spirit, but we go, okay, well, I have to perform this way and I have to perform that way in order to get the Holy Spirit. But what we don't recognize is, and, and, and now just listen to the context and what, what I'm about to say, is we think we have to perform to get the Holy Spirit, but can I tell you something? Without the Holy Spirit, we can't walk in the fullness of what God has for us. And so we need the Holy Spirit in our life. He's the one that helps us. He's the one that helps us navigate through the issues of life. He's the one that helps you in your marriage. Come on, somebody. He's the one that helps you in your business. All the business people in the house, can I get a whoop, whoop? There we go. Oh, there's a couple. There you go. We need the Holy Spirit. So there are three aspects of the person of the Holy Spirit and how he works in our life that Paul solidifies here in 2 Corinthians chapter 1, verses 21 through 22. I want us to look at it, and I want us to just break it down. Number one, he says, Now he who establishes us with you in Christ. Everybody say, in Christ. So the first thing that we see is one of the works of the Holy Spirit is to establish us in Christ. The Holy Spirit will always lead you to Christ, not away from Christ. He'll always lead you to be more like Christ, not more like somebody else. His whole whole goal is to glorify God and glorify Christ. Isn't that amazing? Now, I want you to see this. As we look at that word established in its original language, it says that word established means to make firm to make sure and steadfast, immovable. And so I, wanna, I, want you to re, I want you to see this. There are four aspects of how the Holy Spirit helps us be established. Anybody here want to be established in your relationship with the Lord? Come on, anybody here want to be established in your relationship with the Lord? I want to be firm. I want to be immovable. And so we see... In Jude chapter 1, there's only one chapter of the book of Jude. Jude chapter 1, verse 20, it says this. But you, beloved, building yourselves up on your most holy faith by praying in the Holy Spirit. What are you saying? Number one, the Holy Spirit helps us establish faith. 
One of the reasons we need the Holy Spirit in our life is because the Holy Spirit helps establish faith. And so now we see that the book of Jude says, look, I want you to pray in the Holy Spirit because every time you pray in the Holy Spirit, you're building up faith. Now, the Bible also says that faith comes by hearing and hearing what? The word of God. But we see specifically the role of the Holy Spirit. The role of the person of the Holy Spirit is to establish faith in our life. So he gives us this gift. He gives us this gift of speaking in tongues. Now, we, now you got to understand something. We as a church, we are unapologetically spirit-filled. I believe in the gift of speaking in tongues. I believe in every gift. Come on. I, I, that's a depressed life to believe that the gifts are limited and they're not for today. How horrible is that? And cessationalists will say, well, you know, the gifts died with the apostles. My question is this. How did salvation continue but all the gifts died out? Where the Bible says, <laughs> specifically in the Great Commission, that we're to pray in the name of Jesus. And that which we pray in the name of Jesus shall be done. That we'll see miracles happen. These signs shall follow those who believe. Not the Apostle Paul only. Not the Apostle Peter only. But these signs shall follow those who believe in my name they shall cast out demons. In my name they shall lay hands on the sick. So we see something significant. Is that faith... It's not just limited in the miracles in which God provides us. It's not just limited to the apostles. They're for today. So the gifts of the Holy Spirit are for today. Now let me clarify something. This is important. Pastor, do I have to speak in tongues in order to go to heaven? No. Let me make it clear. The Bible is specific. That if we confess with our mouth that Jesus is Lord, believe in our heart that God raised him from the dead, we shall be saved. That those who call upon the name of the Lord shall be saved. Okay? However, the gift of speaking in tongues in our life is so powerful. It helps us in everything. Just like we just saw, it helps us build our faith. Why would you not want the gifts? But pastor, it's weird. Wait, hold on a second. You believe in a God that you can't physically see. You believe that someone died for your sins 2,000 years ago, and you're not calling that weird? Look, if you're going to be weird anyways, you might as well get the whole full thing of it. You know what I mean? You might as well get the whole thing. I mean, if people are going to have their opinion about you, I might as well walk in power and have, have a gifting that can build faith. Anybody with me? So we see specifically that one of the ways that the Holy Spirit establishes faith within us here in the book of Jude is by praying in the Holy Spirit. He gives us a gift to pray in the Holy Spirit. There have been moments in my life where I was, I was emaciated spiritually. And then I begin to pray in the Holy Spirit and faith begin to arise. Come on, somebody. Faith begin to arise. So we need to pray in the Holy Ghost. Now, listen, let me tell you something. Church, don't allow, don't allow the devil and his demons, which sometimes are people anyways, to convince you that speaking in tongues is not for today. It is for today. And it is a wonderful gift that you can have. And it'll build you up. So we see Paul wants, to, Paul wants to make sure we understand that the work of the Holy Spirit is to establish faith in our life. Look at this. Secondly, establish a greater knowledge of God. 
This is amazing. The work of the Holy Spirit in our life is to establish a greater knowledge of God, that you can know God. Look at, look at this, 1 Corinthians chapter 2, verse 10. But God has revealed them to us through the Holy Spirit, for the Spirit searches all things. Now listen to this. Yes, even the deep things of God. Whoa! So now what's so amazing about the Holy Spirit is that the Holy Spirit is God, and God is the Holy Spirit. One, God the Father, God the Son, God the Holy Spirit. Three in one. Can I get an amen? amen. We're just going to have to do a whole series on the, the Trinity. <laughs> Pastor, the Trinity's not in the Bible. That's okay. You'll, you'll survive. There's enough proof and evidence to see one God at work. But I want you to, I want you to see this. What's so amazing is that the Holy Spirit works in our lives to actually reveal the will of the Father, who he is, that you can actually know God. You know, there, there are times where the Holy Spirit has corrected me because I <laughs> projected upon God that which I presumed he was and how he thought and what he wanted, and the Holy Spirit's like, no, that's, that's not God. That, that's not God. That's not me. What's so wonderful is in our relationship with the Holy Spirit, he actually gives us a greater revelation of who God is and how God functions and how God thinks. So you can actually know more of God, yes, through his word. We have to know his word, and I'm about to step, in, I'm about to step into this thing, if you guys can go with me. Because sometimes, now not all the time, but sometimes one of the problems with us Pentecostal people is that we mistake feelings for the leading of the Holy Spirit. Well, this is what I feel, but that ain't the Holy Spirit. Why? Because the Holy Spirit will never, ever, 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 ever contradict the Word of God. Well, I feel like the Holy Spirit's telling me to leave my wife. That's called bad pizza. Well, I feel, I feel like the Holy Spirit told me to punch this person in the face. No, that's just you angry. <laughs> you need inner healing, right? The Holy Spirit ain't violent. The Holy Spirit would never tell you to leave your spouse because he's all about covenant. Now, listen, if there's abuse going on there, the Holy Spirit will lead you into a direction, but you have to realize something. His ministry is the ministry of reconciliation. So don't tell me, well, you know, my wife, she just ain't giving it to me like I need it, so. Okay. Well, Pastor, my, you know, my wife, she's just not attractive to me anymore. Well, you know, if you just stop watching pornography, she may become attracted to you again. I'm just, I'm just saying. I'm just, that's kind of how God made us. Just like, any, I got real quiet in here. It's like, wow, we're going to skip this part. But see, this is the thing that we have to understand is that the Holy Spirit will never contradict the word of God. He'll never tell you or lead you into something. He'll tell you to do something or lead you into something that's contrary to the word of God. He leads us to a place to know him. How about this one? You ready? He establishes faith. He establishes a greater knowledge of God. The Holy Spirit establishes love. Ooh, this is a good one. Romans chapter 5, verse 5. Now, hope does not disappoint because the love of God has been poured out. The love of God. The love of what? The love of God. This is God's love. That means this is a love 
directly from God's throne. This is a love that is way beyond the limitations of our love. I mean, this is the magnitude of God's love. How high, how deep, how wide is the love of God? This incredible love that I'm telling you is without measure, that love has been poured out in our hearts by the Holy Spirit who is given to us. Now, this is what's amazing. It's that, that passage is twofold. Number one, it's the Holy Spirit that works within us that lets us understand and actually experience the love of God. You got to get that. Helps you experience the love of God. It's like I can't truly even understand or fathom the full extent of the love of God without the working of the Holy Spirit, which gets poured out on me so that I can experience the love of God. But secondly, when that love is poured out on us, the Holy Spirit also works within us so that we can express the love of God. Can I tell you, we need, I need the Holy Spirit to love my wife. I need the Holy Spirit to love my kids. I, I need the Holy Spirit to love people because they're imperfect. Now, I'm, I'm perfect, so it's hard. What are you, what are you laughing for? <laughs> it's like, pass the truth, the Holy, pass the Holy Spirit don't lie either. And just, it's a liar. Tell the truth, shame the devil. So I'm super imperfect, um, and I've got to deal with imperfect people. But what's amazing is that there's a perfect love that God gives us, and it's poured out in our heart. That's why we're able to love the unlovely, because we love people with the love of Christ. And the Holy Spirit, are you ready for this? The Holy Spirit enables us to love beyond the limitations of our own love. That's why we need the Holy Spirit. So he, is, he establishes faith. He establishes what else? What's the, we, he establishes what? Faith. He establishes the knowledge of God. He establishes love. Let me give you this last one. He establishes power in our life. Acts chapter 1, verse 8, you shall receive power when the Holy Spirit comes on you. That the same Spirit that raised Christ from the dead lives in you and quickens your mortal body. Come on, friends, you have power. You have power to overcome. You have power to see miracles in your life. There is a supernatural power that exists in you by the person of the Holy Spirit at work within you. Friends, you can do supernatural things. You are supernatural because within you is at work the Holy Spirit that makes your natural supernatural. I know, well, oh, Pastor, that's so cliche. If the church can get this, we'll begin to believe God for more. We'll begin to step out in greater power. And he empowered us so not so we can feel better about ourselves, so that we can be a Samson and just be strong and mighty. He empowered us so we can be a witness. So we can establish God's kingdom. See, the Holy Spirit's come to establish you, to establish faith, to establish love, to establish knowledge and understanding of God and to establish his power so that we're not shaken by every situation. Why is, why is the establishing of the Holy Spirit in our hearts so important? It's so that when trials and tribulations come, you're not shaken. So when this world starts falling apart, which, by the way, if you read the end of the Bible, it's going to fall apart. You may have certain people that will come along that will help delay it, but it's inevitable. And the dead in Christ shall rise. And we're going to go see him in the second coming of Christ is coming. Come on, somebody. It's all right. We're going to be okay. The last time I checked is at the end of the Bible. We win. Jesus won. He said he already overcame the world. 
But see, if we're not established in faith, if we're not established in hope and love, if we're not established in our knowledge of God, if we're not established with power, friends, when troubles and issues come, we'll be shaken. So the Holy Spirit exists within you to establish you, to make you firm. The second thing that we see here in Paul's letter to the church in Corinth now, he who establishes us with in Christ and has anointed us in God, who also has sealed, everybody say sealed, who also has sealed us. Now, this is amazing because that word sealed is the word to set a seal upon, to mark with a seal. It's a marking. It's a setting forth these three different keys, and this is powerful because as you continue to read, it's to confirm authenticity beyond a doubt that we know that we know. This is what the definition of that word in the Greek actually means, and it's threefold. Number one, it's a seal of the king. It, it, it is to on, authenticate, authenticate. That's not a fun word to say authenticate slow down morocco it's going to be okay <laughs> authenticate i did great in the first service i was like i got this authenticate i did it authenticate <laughs> authenticate <laughs> i'm not even going to say it anymore <laughs> bidi, 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 bidi. that's all folks <laughs> you know what it says this is mine so what happens is this, you have, you have a letter and the king has a ring and the king has a stamp and he stamps that letter. And it makes a statement, this letter is from me. See, when the Holy Spirit is in our life, it's God saying this one belongs to me. Can I tell you a very unusual moment? I think it's in the book of Acts chapter 10. Acts chapter 10, there's this, there's this man who receives Jesus. Now, at this moment, majority of the believers were ministering to Jews. And the gospel had come to the Jews, and they were preaching to the Jews all over the place. And Jews were being saved. All of a sudden, Peter has this dream, and he sees all these unclean animals, and God tells him, Peter, take and eat. And he's like, oh, no way, because that was wrong. But God was opening up Peter's heart to the Gentiles. And Gentiles are basically non-Jews. Everybody with me? Well, all of a sudden, this man receives Jesus named Cornelius. Peter preaches to Cornelius. He received Jesus. And then, now watch this. Then Cornelius receives the baptism of the Holy Spirit. Now, this is what's unusual. He receives the baptism of the Holy Spirit and begins to speak in tongues. And in that moment, Paul the Apostle, uh, Peter goes, oh my goodness. This shows that God is working. This is of God. This is authentic. Friends, it is a mark just as when it says a seal, it is a seal to say, this is of God. This, how would you know that this letter, how would you know that this letter right here is from the king? It has his seal on it. 
from that moment, from that moment, Cornelius became the catalyst to preach the gospel to Gentiles and see a Gentile revival. Isn't that amazing? So the Holy Spirit, the Holy Spirit was a sign of authenticity. I said it. Thank you. I try. Thank you very much. All right, we're moving on. Sometimes we just got to not take ourselves so seriously. Can I get an amen on that? But see, the, the second thing is authority. See, what this letter is with the, with the king's seal on it, not only does it, is it show a sign that this is authentic, this is from the king, this is, this is his writing, this is from him. It's not from anybody else. It's from him. But the second thing is it shows authority because whatever's in this letter is a letter of authority. It's straight from the king. So whatever it says is binding. Whatever it says gives direction and purpose. It's authority. The Holy Spirit is a seal of not just authenticity. It is a, he is a seal of authority. I'm going to say it again. He is a seal of authority, that the authority of Christ is now in our life. When we have the Holy Spirit, we carry the authority of Christ. But the third piece, and this is amazing. A lot of people think that once we're sealed, and we misinterpret some scriptures, which I'll read to you here in just a moment, but we misinterpret the scripture that we think that because we're sealed, now we become impervious to anything and everything. We can live however we want. We can do whatever we want. We set a salvation prayer, and so now we're sealed in. But the problem is this. That's not necessarily what this word sealed means. See, because the seal on this letter exists for the contents of this letter not to become loose, not to fall out. See, if this, if this seal wasn't here, what would happen to the contents of this letter? It'd fall out. The Holy Spirit exists to seal you into the purposes and the promises of God. That's why I already said it. He who began a good work in you is faithful to complete it. How can the word of God make that statement? It's because the work of the person of the Holy Spirit is constantly at work in our life to keep us into the promises of God. Say, look, this is what you're called to. This is the contents of what you're supposed to. I'm, I'm keeping you in the kingdom. Come on, I'm working. That's why we, we talked about it even, even a couple weeks ago. There's times where in my life I'm doing things that are contrary to God's will. The Holy Spirit exists to go, oh, that's, that's not in alignment to what I've said. And so the Holy Spirit exists as an actual seal to keep you from falling out. But this is the problem. You can ignore what the Holy Spirit says. Oh, hold on a second. That's why the Bible says, and are you ready for this? Do not grieve the Holy Spirit in whom you were sealed. So a lot of us think that the seal means, oh, I'm locked in. Now I can do whatever I want, live however I want. I'm good to go. No, the seal exists as a person of the Holy Spirit at work to keep you locked into the purposes and the plans of God if we choose to obey him. But if you don't obey the Holy Spirit, what are we supposed to do? If we live contrary to what the word of the Lord says, what are we, what, 
The Holy Spirit is constantly, this is what's so, I, I feel bad. Can I tell you, I feel bad for the Holy Spirit in my life because he's constantly trying to wrangle me in. He's like, come on, Morocco, you got this. Come on, Morocco. You can say authentic. You got this, Morocco. You can do it. Right? He's constantly, no, 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 Morocco, come on. And this is my biggest problem. Can I tell you my biggest problem? And I said this a couple weeks ago. My biggest problem is this. I want God to permit my steps, not lead my steps. Like, come on, we're talking about the grace of God, right? So the grace of God is sufficient. So that means that wherever I go, whatever step I take, God has to permit it instead of lead it. And when the Bible says that the steps of the righteous are ordered of the Lord, we interpret that as God has to forgive all my steps. And when I do something ridiculous, God's like, oh, well, you know, I know that you're just prone to ridiculousness. And so I'm just going to help you. I'm going to permit your steps. You don't have to ask me. Don't, you know what, Morocco? Don't worry about asking me. You just, you just do whatever you want because my grace is sufficient. That's not how his grace works. His grace exists to empower my steps. See, I don't deserve his power. I don't deserve his strength. I don't deserve his mercy. That's called grace. It is unmerited favor that even though I was wretched by his grace, I now have a new identity in him. That means he's made my steps new. That by his grace, I can actually, by his grace, I can actually align my steps to his will. My steps are ordered of the Lord, not permitted. I, I want to be yielded to him. He's a seal. The Holy Spirit is a seal in my life to help me stay in the will of God. But I got to make sure I'm not grieving him. So we see, number one, Paul's telling the church. Number one, you got to, the Holy Spirit establishes you. Number two, the Holy Spirit does what? He seals you. He seals you. He, he marks you. He, uh, he, he, he says this person is mine. They belong to me. He gives you authority and he protects you. He keeps you within the contents of his word and his directive and his promise. But the last thing that we see is that Paul says, and let's look at it all together, the final part of 2 Corinthians chapter 1, who has also sealed us and given us the spirit in our hearts as a what? Guarantee. The word guarantee is actually a very interesting reference because it actually references money which in a purchases is given as a pledge or down payment of ownership. So the best way to explain this word in its original context is like a deposit on a house. When it says that the Holy Spirit is a guarantee, it actually is saying that the Holy Spirit is a deposit of eternity. He's not the guarantee that you're going to go to heaven. Now, hold on a second, because a lot of you just misunderstood what I said. If we're walking in his will and his purposes, and he's establishing us, and he's our seal, and we're aligning our life to the word of God, and we're aligning our life to the will of God, guess what? That's guaranteed. I got good news for you. Heaven is guaranteed. 
But when it says that he's the guarantee, that the Holy Spirit is the guarantee, it's that the Holy Spirit is the deposit. So that means every time you feel the Holy Spirit, do you know what it's doing? It's revealing the reality of heaven. (laughs) When we feel the presence of God, we're going, wow, heaven's real. When the Holy Spirit moves and works in our life, it is a deposit of heaven that heaven is real, that we can have the confidence that to be absent with the body, this is what Paul says, to be absent with the body is to be present with the Lord. How do I know that heaven is real? Is it just this make-believe? Is it just this trust? Well, I, you know, somebody told me, some preacher told me, now watch, some preacher told me that if I said this prayer that I'd make it to heaven, but I don't really know if heaven exists. No, no, no we do know why. The Bible says that he put eternity in our hearts how through the holy spirit the holy spirit actually exists as a reality of heaven as he speaks with you as he works in your life as you experience him as you feel the presence of the holy spirit can i tell you something you're feeling a piece of heaven it should build the confidence that one day when i die there's a heaven and an eternity with jesus waiting for me So we see in Ephesians chapter 1, verse 14, speaking of the Holy Spirit, who is the guarantee of our inheritance until, now watch this, until the redemption of the purchased possession to the praise of his people. Now it's actually talking about the second coming of the Lord. That the Holy Spirit exists within us to continue to remind you of heaven to continue to remind you of your promise, continue to remind you of God and Christ and what he's doing until Christ comes. I remember my my grandpa and I were hanging out and he he had given me this little knife. I love pocket knives. Anybody here like pocket knives? I love, my son has my same obsession. Daddy, a knife. We went to Bass Pro Shop. Daddy, a knife. What a knife, Dad. What a knife. And I remember my, my grandpa gave me a knife, a knife. He said, now, Josh, when I come back to Maui, I'm going to help you know how to use this knife. I'm going to actually teach you how to use this knife. For me, that knife became a guarantee that my grandpa was coming back. And that knife became a reminder to me. Every time I cut paper, I was reminded of my grandpa, but that he was coming back. The Holy Spirit's a guarantee. 2 Corinthians chapter 5, verse 5. Now he who has prepared us for this very thing is God, who also has given us the Spirit as a guarantee. Now, look, in the context of this scripture, I need you to hear me. In the context of this scripture, the Holy Spirit is the guarantee. Because without him, you don't really have the guarantee You have assumption. But when we have the Holy Spirit, there's a confidence and a guarantee that God's going to do a work in us. That God is moving. 
that God is coming back, but also that the promises are true. You know, there's some calls in your life. There's a promise that God's given you. And you know, the hard thing about the Holy Spirit, can I tell you there's some moments where I've straight up missed my promises because I was led by the Holy Spirit to that place, very similar to these people called the people of God, the children of Israel. And God prepared a promise for them. God prepared a promise for them. The problem was they stepped into this place where they're looking over their promise, but yet they chose to be disobedient to the call and the promise of God, and they had to wander in the desert. But you know what's so amazing is even though they didn't get their promise, their children did. Friends, can I tell you, we need the Holy Spirit to take hold of our promise. Because the Holy Spirit is the guarantee of eternity. The Holy Spirit is the guarantee of the promise. He is the seal. And he is the one who establishes us. This whole message this morning, Minister Milo, if you'd come. This whole message this morning, everything about it is all about you opening up your heart and your life. The more of the Holy Spirit. That you would say, Pastor, I want to yield to the Holy Spirit establishing faith and love and power and greater knowledge of God in my life. Pastor, I want to, I want to yield to his authority and to his will. I want him to be my seal. Pastor, I want to, I want to know that I know and be convinced that God is moving. I want to step into everything that God has for me. We need the Holy Spirit. And friends, maybe you're here this morning. You say, well, Pastor, I don't, I don't have the Holy Spirit. I mean, I've, I've felt something before. But you desire to be filled with the Holy Spirit. I want to pray for you. Maybe some of you, you feel like the the... Really, the measure of the Holy Spirit in your life is maybe wane a little bit. You know, one of my problems is I leak. I need to be filled up every day because I need him. I, this letter from Paul the Apostle is just putting a greater emphasis. Do you know how you fight against anger? Not the flesh. Do you know how you fight against lust? Not the flesh. You need the Holy Spirit. We need the Holy Spirit's help. You know what's so amazing? Is that the Holy Spirit, he'll never reject your ask. If you ask him, he'll come. But you know what's so sad to me? is here's the Holy Spirit that will never reject us, but yet we reject him all the time. And one of the things that I had to battle even last week is the Holy Spirit was trying to lead me in something. And I'll be honest with you, I flat out said no. Because of course I know better than the Holy Spirit.
I had to, I had to kind of awaken to a rude awakening. That God, here you are leading me so graciously, loving me so graciously, and I have the audacity to reject you and to miss, dismiss your leading. I need more of him. I want to be established. I want to be sealed. I want to have that guarantee. That's who the Holy Spirit is. If you desire that for your life, you just lift your hands right where you are, right where you're seated. Holy Spirit, we need you. Holy Spirit, we need you. We need you, God. We, we don't have our act together. We don't have it all together. We don't know it all. We need you, Holy Spirit. We depend upon you. We cry out to you, come Holy Spirit and help us. The person, the working of your spirit, come Lord God and do what only you can do. Come and establish us. Come and be a seal. Lord God, come and be that guarantee. We need you, Holy Spirit. Thank you for joining us today. If you enjoyed this podcast, please subscribe and share with your friends. And for more great content, go to kcoahu.com. Thanks again for listening and God bless you.